Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Forward Curve. Hello and welcome to The Forward Curve, the weekly podcast covering the commodity markets and the global economy, brought to you by Gold Street Advisors, the independent research and advisory firm. In today's episode, we will take a green lens to base metal production. I'm Christian Klavodecher, and joining me is our chief analyst, Robin Barr. Hello, Robin. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Christian. The world would need substantial amounts of minerals and metals, as we've heard, to deploy sufficient wind, solar and geothermal power, as well as energy storage, to have a chance of limiting global warming to two degrees Celsius by 2100. Unsurprisingly, graphite, lithium and cobalt are standouts, with the World Bank forecasting potential demand increases of up to 500% from 2018 global production levels. But the real long-term winners will be more conventional metals, things such as copper and aluminum. But the minerals extraction business is itself a carbon emitter, even if the cumulative impact of both mining and the operation of new energy technologies is just 6% of the emissions of traditional fossil fuels, as the World Bank notes. Metals such as aluminum is both a major contributor to global greenhouse gas emissions and one of the key energy transition metals needed to build a low-carbon future. So let's discuss initiatives to cut aluminum's carbon intensity in an effort to offset the impact of increasing production. You know, Robin, I'm glad we're discussing this as it's something I briefly touched on in my closing remarks uh, about two episodes ago uh, here of the forward curve. So are we looking at a bit of a catch-22 situation here? Indeed we are, but let's qualify. I think it's more a yes, but answer. While the clean energy transition presents a huge opportunity for aluminum, increased aluminum production will generate a large and growing carbon footprint. Somewhat ironically, though, the rate at which aluminum industry emissions can be reduced will be determined by the build-out and availability of low-carbon power, which itself requires the use of low-carbon aluminum, amongst other metals. So there you have the paradox. Another concern is that a huge amount of coal-based power is used to produce primary aluminum, right? That's correct. The primary aluminum industry accounted for around 2.6% of global greenhouse gas emissions in 2020. And around 70% of those emissions arising from aluminum production came from China, where the country produces 57% of the global total output. This reflects the dominance of coal as a power source for both smelting and refining aluminum, with coal accounting for 85% of the energy used for smelting and 87% of the energy used in refining, according to industry consultancy Wood Mackenzie. Moving to a global basis, power accounted for close to 60% of greenhouse gas emissions relating to aluminum production in 2020. Decarbonizing power sources, therefore, offers the greatest opportunity for emissions reduction in the aluminum industry. The raw material supply chain from extraction to factory gate accounted for 22% of total 
primary aluminum greenhouse gas emissions, with coal accounting for 68% of the energy supply for refining. Mm, goodness. So how do things look going forward for aluminum production and carbon dioxide emissions? In Wood Mackenzie's base case, they have aluminum production rising by 24% or 16 million tonnes by 2030, compared to around 65 million tonnes global output currently. Based on known changes to power sources and specific energy and emissions reduction plans, the intensity of carbon dioxide equivalent emissions will decline by only 6%. Whereas scope one emissions, uh, and these are direct emissions from owned or controlled sources, are set to fall by 10% as producers introduce more efficient smelters into the global fleet, undertake some switching of power sources and drive carbon efficiencies, Aluminum Scope 2 emissions, and these are direct emissions from purchased electricity, are set to rise over the coming decade. This reflects the concentration of smelter expansion in Asia, where coal-based power sources, as we heard, will continue to dominate. The unfortunate bottom line is that a significant expansion of primary aluminum production, driven by energy transition needs, means carbon dioxide emissions from aluminum production are projected to rise by 15% over the next decade. Hmm, doesn't sound great. So how can aluminum emissions intensity be reduced, Robin? Very good question. How about a, a rapid expansion of recycling? Hmm. Um, so secondary supply and its usage in consumer products could offer a solution, as we heard a few podcasts uh, ago. Given that secondary aluminum has only 5% of the greenhouse gas emissions intensity of primary production. However, in most of the electrical applications or clean air power technologies, for example, solar and other renewable power that are critical to the energy transition, secondary material cannot be used. It's not pure enough. Aluminum is particularly problematic because it needs a lot of power to transform raw material into finished metal. That makes it crucial for more attention to be focused on the entire aluminum supply chain to ensure steady and affordable supply, all the while decarbonizing primary aluminum production. Not just aluminum, we could uh, extend this discussion to other metals and ask the question, decarbonization. Are metals a solution or a problem? Perhaps we should discuss on another podcast. When looking at the role base metals like aluminum will play in the global shift towards reduced carbon emissions and clean energy production, it's important to be clear-eyed about the mining slash production side of the equation. Historically, mining has deservedly had a pretty bad reputation as far as environmental protection is concerned, and the push by the mining industry to clean up its act has been underway for the last few decades. Going forward, sovereign entities, as opposed to allegedly recalcitrant mining companies, may be the bigger obstacle to achieving a more environmentally friendly mining industry. I want to thank Robin for joining me today, and I also want to thank you for joining us. Please be sure to subscribe to The Forward Curve on your favorite podcast platform. I'm Christian Clavidecher, and on behalf of the Gold Street Advisors team, I thank you for listening. And remember to always keep an eye and ear on The Forward Curve.